Welcome to the PDX Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and we've got a great episode for you. We have Maria Massa and The Mood with special guest Alan Stone, live from the Aladdin Theater right here in Portland, Oregon. Maria also invited us out to her rehearsal space where we had a great conversation about her creative process and the show. Please enjoy Maria Massa and The Mood live from the Aladdin Theater. Behind this dress, sky 
We're so glad that you got to perform for us at the Aladdin Theater, captured a great performance. Um, but let's turn the clock back a bit. I want to talk to you about kind of those early influences because as a vocalist, you're one of my favorite in town. Yeah, like, it's just when you see you live, you're captivating and you put so much into every note. So I'm really interested to see who's your early influences. Well, I love a lot of old soul singers like Aretha and Etta James and Nina Simone. Um, and then when I was growing up, I, my mom listened to a lot of like neo-soul and R&B. So I listened to a lot of Lauryn Hill, Erica Badu. Um, a big one for me was India Auri. She was somebody I listened to a whole lot. and. Um, still listen to yeah it's a great yeah neo soul like her and jill scott i can definitely see the oh Indian yeah jill scott yeah. yeah totally she was a huge influence for me and to me that movement of music was kind of like the second coming of that throwback at a james you know muscle shoals recording totally. era um so now we live in a day and age where people have access to this music all the time and it isn't this record label saying here's a nice movement you should check out yeah who are some of the artists you're checking out right now that are kind of in that same vein well, I love Emily King. I think it's, you know her music and you know mine. You can tell it's probably a big influence. And then um, I love Leanne Le Havis. Um, I've been listening to this girl, Yeba, a lot. She only has a, like one or two songs out or something, but she always posts like amazing videos of her singing. Um, yeah, who else? I have so many. Uh, yeah, I love Joey Desic. I love um, Jamie Woods. I've been listening to a lot of Just Best. Yeah, mm. yeah, <laughs> a lot of ladies. How do you capture your own ideas for songwriting? I spend a lot of time journaling. Um, that's a really big one for me to just be able to go back and look at my ideas and look at what I've been thinking about and try to put it into a song. Also, I always have my voice recorder on me on my phone. I'm constantly driving and singing random things. And uh, yeah, one actually, funny story. One time I randomly sent my band a voice memo of like me, a 30 minute drive I had of me just like improvising things the whole time. I was like, please don't listen to that. Anyway, um, also when I'm on tour, depending on who I'm with, sometimes I'll have a hotel room and I try to just take that time to put intentional time into songwriting. And day to day, You've got your guitar with you, you know, voice lessons. How do you prepare yourself while you're on the road to be that strong vocally? Um, it's not always something I've thought about, but uh, like maybe 10 years ago now, I had vocal nodules. And so, yeah, I was just like doing way too much. And that kind of started to put me on track into just vocal maintenance, vocal health. Um, like warm ups and warm downs and having a steamer on the road and how <laughs> air conditioning affects your voice. Like, I mean, there's so many things that your voice is a really, really sensitive instrument. Every, literally everything affects it. So just being mindful on the road, what you're eating, what you're drinking, you know, just tr trying to be good to myself and my <laughs> instrument. Yeah. And you're also a teacher? Yeah. Do you teach vocals? So how does that translate and, and help your own music? Oh, man. I think 
so teaching is one of my favorite things that I do get to do musically. I've been teaching these vocal workshops recently, which are just so transformative. And um, for me and the people doing it, it's just to put yourself, it's such a vulnerable thing to sing and to sing in front of others. And sometimes, often a small group is really vulnerable. Um, and I have people in the group who have never sang in front of anybody and then sitting next to a working musician in town and it's just like this really beautiful, everybody gets vulnerable uh, and it's a really beautiful process and I think for me teaching keeps me grounded because I think as a musician you have to put yourself out there a lot, you're constantly having to sell yourself and tell people how great you are and come to this show and buy my record and Teaching, it's like I can be having a day where I'm just sending a million emails and then I go into a lesson and it's just all about holding space for another person. Mm -hmm. So it just gets me out of myself and getting to bring music to people and and like help them fall in love with music or help open that up for them is like such an incredible thing that I am feel really honored that I get to do with people.
Tell me about some of the themes and ideas uh, that went into this record and maybe some of your favorite personal tracks. I think the overall theme started to stem from, um, well, a ton of self-reflection in the last couple years. Um, but also I was doing a collaboration with an artist who did all the artwork for all the single, singles in the album Art. Um, her name's Alexandra Becker-Black. She's incredible. And um, we did. she did this painting, and the idea was that I was going to write a song to her painting, and she ended up doing this painting of my face. And I was like, how am I supposed to write a song about this <laughs> painting on my face? And so I, I was like, okay. So I brought the painting in, my, in the studio, and I sat with it for a couple of hours, and it was really uncomfortable. I felt like I was like looking in a mirror. Then I started to allow myself to go into it a little further and it felt like, you know, that that started to have the theme of the whole album, which was just, I felt like I was taking a flashlight and shining it on all these dark and dusty corners of my brain that I hadn't wanted to look at or was too afraid to look at in the past and um, just kind of illuminating them and facing it. And... Um, and I, you know, I feel like that's what we're doing as a country right now. So, some a lot of the tracks. There's a couple of political tracks in there, um, and then yeah, a lot of like "Shine a Light" is one of my favorite songs that I've ever written, and it was from that, uh, from that experience, and also just a lot about my childhood and some some of the harder things that I went through growing up, um, and yeah, just like really shining a light on these dark things and bringing it to the surface and talking about it with people and um you know also some some love songs in there <laughs> and a couple of songs in there about you know the beginning of love and the kind of that back and forth vulnerability the the deep vulnerability of love yeah and sharing your artwork with people means sharing a part of you. Do you think that that line has been pushed a little bit further out from you wanting to be more personal with your listeners now with the new work? Yeah, I think that I'm constantly striving to lean into vulnerability when I'm, and and to be more exposed in myself because every time I find, I write a song and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. I'm, I'm gonna totally expose this dark part of me and all these insecurities come up and then you know it's like the first time I sang shine a light to one of my friends this song is about abuse that I experienced as a child and the first time and I had all these thoughts like you know this is going to be too heavy for people or something and the first time I shared it with somebody you know my friend was like I, I experienced abuse as a kid too and that song really spoke to me I started crying and it was like this is you know that I have these moments over and over again that just remind me that the when we talk about the hard things or even the beautiful things when we illuminate the beauty in our life when we just talk about the things that are you know, not just like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, the dark, the deeper things. It's like when you lean into that vulnerability, you find connection and you find that people are craving to hear that and that you're not alone and it helps other people feel not alone. It helps me feel not alone. And how's that been sharing these songs with people in a live format because that can get pretty intense emotionally. Have you ever yeah. had moments that have caught you off guard with these songs? 
Totally. Yeah, they're always really emotional to sing. Um, but it's also healing. It's They're really healing to sing. I feel like every time I get to sing these songs, I feel really, really grateful that I can share my own experiences and really go into them and, again, face them and kind of process them and release them, you know? Took the scissors, cut your hair, screaming on the kitchen floor. In the closet, Astrid had a nap, trying so hard to ignore the noise. You bruised me black and blue, I still comforted you in the Still comforted you when it all came down. Shy headlights on the corners of my mind. Shy headlights on me. Comforted you with it all. 
What's your favorite part about being a supporting vocalist? Um, I love singing back up for people. It takes the pressure off being the main person. And it's a whole nother skill and a whole nother ears, set of ears that you have to put on. Um, to listen, you know, to follow to follow another artist and what they're doing. Um, yeah, just I love getting to support other folks. And I love harmony. Like, that's one of my favorite things is just like, Tons of vocals, singing, and harmony. It's really special. I don't know any great singers who sing melodies when they're listening to other music. Like any other yeah. great vocalist, I was like, oh, I'm trying to find all these crazy harmonies. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah, harmony is really fun. So what's your favorite part about sharing your original music with people? Because you, you spend a lot of time on stage. I just think you're one of the artists that's interesting to talk to about this because, you know, as a lead person, I don't think sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to go sing back up once they've gotten a taste of the solo thing. Yeah, I I mean, singing back up also helps me pay my bills. So. <laughs> and it, and it really it takes the pressure off of like I like I was saying in the same way that teaching can help balance me and make me a more grounded person just not focusing on myself all the time and focusing on getting to support other people really helps me stay grounded in my own stuff and yeah I love getting to do my own stuff it, it really is my own stuff is really where my heart and soul is at because it's it's absolutely all me and you know my most authentic self and I'm kind of like the director of things and even when I collaborate with other people you know it's like at the end of the day I it's my artistic vision which I love getting to experience as well you did a really great Q&A when Shine a Light came out. I thought it was really cool, very candid. Um, I didn't catch it live, but I spent some time with it. And of course, they can react live to you. Yeah. They can go back and ask <laughs> questions. Like, I think it's really cool. It's that was move. really fun. And I think I was so distracted on the live feed. You can like see things in time like that people are saying. And I kept like getting distracted and being like, hi, oh. Oh, hi, new person. Oh, hi. And like, <laughs> so I felt a little dorky there, but it was, it was really cool to just talk to people. Like, you know, I, at, at shows, I, a lot, oftentimes will kind of plan out what I want to say so I can be, you know, in the moment, but also have an intentional message. And it was really cool to just get to chat with people who are moved by the music or who had funny questions for me or, I don't know. It, it was a really cool experience. I want to do it. I was really nervous about the. I was like, nobody's going to show up to my party. Oh, like, yeah. you know, when you yeah. do a, a live feed, it's like you're hosting a party or something and you hope people show up and you're like, wait, people came. That's so cool. <laughs> well, your Instagram is phenomenal, too. Oh, it's always nice. super positive. Huh. Uh, you do a lot of cool stuff from behind the scenes and, and the balance of purple stuff is great, too. Um, but highly recommend following Maria Moss oh, on social media. Thanks. Uh, tell the listeners how they can find you. How can you fans hear you? Um, okay, so my name is spelled M-O-O-R-E-A-M-A-S-A. So most people can never spell my name. So that's I have to tell people that. But yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Maria Massa Music, uh, Instagram, Maria Massa, my website, mariamassa.com. I don't use Twitter very often. Every once in a while, I'm like, how do I do this? And I'll like try to, <laughs> try to post something. But yeah, those are the main, the three main places to keep updated with what I'm doing. 
Well, we appreciate your time and your performance yeah. and, of course, your stories. Thank you Thank so much you. for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yvette, ladies and gentlemen, Maria Massa.
Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Maria Massa and the Mood featuring Alan Stone is episode six of season five of PDX Spotlight. I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. We always appreciate it. You can go to pdxspotlight.com to find out more information and be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at PDX Spotlight.